just before you start listening to this podcast, a reminder that we have a special subscription offer. You can get 12 issues of The Spectator for £12, as well as a £20 Amazon voucher. Go to spectator.co.uk forward slash voucher if you'd like to get this offer. Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency for the new Spectator USA website. I'm joined today by Chadwick Moore, who is a columnist for Spectator USA, and we're going to be talking about the rise of Pete Buttigieg. So Chadwick, Pete Buttigieg is a surprising candidate in many ways for the Democratic nomination. He is mayor of South Bend in Indiana and was not very well known until quite recently. But he seems to be emerging as quite a serious contender in the Democratic nomination. How seriously should we take him? I'm not convinced that we should take him very seriously at all. He's sort of the media's shiny new thing right now. He's a creation of the media. He's a sort of manufactured product of the media. They love him. They adore him. If there's one thing we know about the media, however, is uh, they typically tend to only know, at least the American media, they tend to only know other journalists and only care what other journalists think. I'm not so sure that the greater American public is so fond of having Mayor Pete for president of the United States. Yeah. And I mean, the media are fond of him, let's be frank about this, because he's gay, right? That is the only reason. That's the only reason why we know his name is that he's gay. It's uh, There's no other reason that we should know his name or that we would know his name. He's a 37-year-old mayor from small, violent Midwestern city, South Bend, Indiana, who hasn't really he ran for state office once and and didn't win he hasn't isn't known for accomplishing anything in south bend he there's no other reason that we would do his name other than that he is gay and uh, we've just seen the media is really really shoving him on people he was on the cover of time magazine very recently he and his husband on the cover of a uh, new york magazine you know you can imagine he, he identifies as a christian if you could imagine a straight white male christian who's mayor of a small town in Indiana, who's 37 years old, running for president, he would uh, be laughed out of the, out of the, out of the circus. Uh, he's, he's ex-military, though, which, which does add another string to his bow, doesn't it? Yeah, he's, he did a tour of Iraq. I don't think he saw any combat. I think he, was, uh, uh, I think he just said comms or something. Uh, but yeah, for a year, you know, he did. He's the, you know, another reason why they love him is he is, went to Harvard. He's a Rhodes Scholar. He speaks eight languages. He's... He's this sort of the moody ac- academic that we saw in Obama. You know, they, they kind of they like that uh, that sort of intellectualized figure, which which he represents. So, do you think it like he's like sort of Obama, but instead of being black, he's gay for a lot of people? <laughs> I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, both of them have uh, really similar histories. You know, they're both from the Midwest. South Bend is very close to Chicago. Mayor Pete's the son of a, a Marxist professor. We know that you know Obama's had his. Uh, 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 was very in, involved in academia. They're kind of uh, t- two sides of the same coin. Uh, you know, Obama was also very young when he was elected. He was a, a junior elected official also. Yeah. Mayor Pete has, seems to have profited from perhaps the failure of Beto O'Rourke, who was supposed to be the shiny new media thing and certainly had thousands of profiles written of him about him last year. And his candidacy doesn't seem to be going particularly well. And the energy, the sort of energy you might have expected him to have seems to be reflected onto onto Mayor Pete. That's exactly right. It's amazing how quickly Beto O'Rourke went away. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Mayor Pete has certainly, has certainly stolen all that attention from him. 
But I mean, I have to say, I, I share your reservations about him as a candidate and as a sort of media darling. But when I've seen him speak and be interviewed, he is quite impressive. I mean, he's, he's quite a clear and intelligent talker. Would you not agree with that? I would agree, yeah, because he, he comes off as... Uh, the, when he first announced his exploratory committee in January, conservatives were quite warm to him. And nobody really jumped on him because he, they thought perhaps they were looking at an, an extinct species, which is a sort of 90s era Clintonian business Democrat from the Midwest and not one of these far left people that, that have, have usurped the Democratic Party. It wasn't until he started attacking Vice President Mike Pence, who is from Indiana, uh, who's, who used, they used to work together. They all, all, everything shows they had a close relationship. They have mutual respect for one another. And he began attacking Mike Pence for his... Christian faith and trying to perpetuate this hoax that's been that, that will not die that Mike Pence is some sort of anti-gay bigot. And from there, Mayor Pete has jumped full on into left-wing crazy train with advocating for reparations, with, you know, he wants to get rid of the electoral college, which would mean that his home state of Indiana would be would never have a say in national politics ever again. And I just saw today he's come out in defense of the, the you know, the kneeling uh, soldiers protesting the national anthem over, I don't know, race issues. So he, he's, he's trying to jump on that, that train, which has now just annoyed everyone and, and actually made him more enemies. I don't think if, if he had come out and been a more reasonable guy, if he had said, you know what, it's time to drop this hoax about Mike Pence. I know the guy. It, 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 would, it would have shown strong character. Instead, it just makes him... Now when I listen to him speak, yes, I think he sounds very good. I think he's mastered a certain cadence. And, uh, you know, he tries to have this sort of this humble trustworthiness about him. But when I look at what he's doing and what now he's, he's advocating for, he just comes off as a charlatan. He, I, don't, I don't think... Did he say any, things, any of these things in South Bend? I haven't seen any... I, 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 I've seen one journalist, actually. But I, I was going to say, I haven't seen any journalists in South Bend asking the citizens what they think of him. But that's not true. There was one who went into the black community... And the black community in South Bend, which is very poor, the murder rate is higher than Chicago's, or at least it was for a couple of years while while he was mayor. The west side of South Bend is the historically black area that where property values are continue to tank. You can get you know a four bedroom home for twenty thousand dollars. I found online, and the the journalists interviewing people in that community were just saying. I've, I've never seen the guy and I've never heard of the guy. So yeah. uh, that, that brings us to his, his next big problem, which is the black vote. So the Democrats can't win without, without uh, the black vote. And Mayor Pete right now is polling at 0% among black voters in South Carolina. South Carolina is the third primary. So you have, you have Iowa, New Hampshire, and then South Carolina, which makes me believe he won't move past South Carolina. Which brings us on to the prickly and difficult question of you know, do black people vote in large numbers for married gay men? And it seems to be the answer is, is no. Right. This is a part of the, with the Democrat Party, their coalition of victimhood classes. You know, they're often, one thing they can't admit is they often are pitting groups together that don't necessarily like one another. You know, it's no secret that the larger black community isn't super on board with the gays. And especially when you have this lily white Midwestern gay guy who's running for president and, you know, is, is by all accounts a total snob, you know, speaks eight languages and what have you. Uh, you're going to have a difficult <laughs> Speaking time. Speaking languages isn't the sign of snobbery. <laughs> you can't get away with that. He must be a snob. He's a brilliant linguist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're going to have, you know, and, and are the Muslims going to vote for him? Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, so um, that's uh, that's going to be a big problem for them. I think the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party knows this. 
But I also believe that they're happy for someone to have the spotlight right now because it's just good branding for the party in general of, of the party of, you know, diversity and gays and what have you. So I, I'm sure they're, they're not upset that he's getting the attention now, but they'll certainly hand select the nominee that they that they personally want the party like like they did in 2016 with Clinton. Well, you, you wrote a, a, a very funny and excellent piece about Pete's husband, Chasen for us online and and I think you referred to them as as bourgeois as a bourgeois gay couple and it's almost Pete's bourgeoisness as much as his gayness more than his gayness perhaps that will be the obstacle to him do you think yeah I agree I'm, he's and, and another thing the gays aren't really on board with Mayor Pete you know he's only came to the closet four years ago and I think a lot of people are looking at him, you know, we, he, he and I are about the same age and I also went to high school very close to where he did. And I think people, uh, especially the gays, look at him and don't, you know, he, he, the media wants to turn him into this great hero of the gay community and he's simply not. And, and, and I think people, uh, gay people are looking at him with, with raised eyebrows. But I think the bourgeois question is also very true. His, his husband, the, the big goofy gay nerd, Chasten, who took his last <laughs> name, who runs Instagram or, uh, Twitter accounts for their dogs and is by all accounts a kind of man-child, isn't really a great <laughs> look, especially if you're looking to replace Melania Trump. Uh, you know, I don't think anyone really wants to see her go in lieu of uh, Chasten Buttigieg. Yes. Well, I mean, but so who is? For, it can't just be journalists. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're, he's coming third in the in some polls, uh, fourth and fifth in others. But he, I think he's third in Iowa at the moment. I mean, who does support him? Is it is it kind of disappointed Obama fans, uh, d- disillusioned Democrats? Who is it? I think that the the disappointed Obama fans went far further to the left, so they're probably more in the Bernie. Camp. I would imagine the people who do support him and why he is doing well is is the center left moderate Democrats that don't necessarily exist in public life, but are certainly out there in the general population and particularly in the Midwest. The sort of, you know, moderate Christian, not far left socialist, not intersectional feminist, not those people. So uh, I, I think that's what you're looking at. But but I don't know if I don't think that's enough for him because so many of those moderate Democrats went for Trump and they will go for Trump again, especially in the Midwest, that the sort of union Democrat, the blue collar Democrat, which maybe would have been his best bet. And he also has a, he'll have the problem of name recognition, not least because his name to a lot of people is unpronounceable. I think not even a lot of Americans don't have a clue how to pronounce it. <laughs> I, I think I only found out like two days ago how to pronounce it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's true as well. I, I've had this impression for a while that nobody running for president on the Democrat side right now is actually running for president. They're all running for vice president, with the exception of Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. and Or, or there's someone like Bill de Blasio or perhaps Mayor Pete. They're running for the next stage in their career. They don't actually expect to win. They just want, maybe Pete just wants out of South Bend. He just wants to get into national politics. And for that, he's now been extremely successful. And there's, there is this strange thing going on with the Democrats. It's, it's in that they, they seem to be, the policy seems to be run all, run all the candidates. Everyone should run, you know, and, and this creates a kind of very messy and confusing field, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I don't even know the number right now of how many people are running because I think... 20-something. <laughs> it's over 20, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and every day it seems like someone else has announced, you know, de Blasio being the most hilarious because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like 80% of New Yorkers said that, basically said, huh? <laughs> I, well, I, and, and I think, I mean, what, what this is doing is helping Biden, much as the way the sort of 
the all the other horses in the field in 2016 in the Republican race helped Trump because once you establish a poll lead and and then there's just a lot of other runners who aren't doing particularly well, the the leading candidate just seems to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Is that what's happening? It seems that way. The the Democrat establishment definitely wants Biden because he is, you know, he's an established swamp creature. He can bring in the big money. They need money. They need lots of it. So they, much like with Hillary, you know, they've probably, they probably selected him over a year ago to run. And uh, the, the more of these people who rush into the field, I think you're right that it does just sort of strengthen their, uh, their top pick because... The, it's too confusing and you've got one guy with, with all the, the name recognition and he's been vice president and so it seems like that might that might be. But he will certainly have to choose a uh, very woke running mate, which I, I think will be Kamala Harris, but maybe yeah. Mayor Pete, to get the uh, progressives on board because they, they're not so keen on, on old white man Joe Biden. And we've heard for a long time that the you know, Biden is the is the is probably the greatest threat to Trump because he can it's almost a cliche now say so he can he can win back the rust belt and so on how much do you believe that do you really think he's the greatest threat of the current candidates do you think he can beat trump do you think he can win of the current candidates yes i think he probably is the greatest threat but i don't think he can win i don't i don't think anyone is a, is a true threat to president trump right now but but he would be probably the the, the best shot least of all mayor pete it sounds like Least of all, Mayor Pete. But those debates would be so funny. Can you imagine the, Trump, the things? I think that's that would... <laughs> part, partly what, what might be driving the phenomenon is just everybody wants to see that that, that those two in debate. Everyone wants to see the 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 uh, veiled gay jokes that President Trump would have during the debates, <laughs> which wouldn't be funny at all. Of course, no, no, that uh, would not be funny. No, Chadwick, thank you very much for joining us, and please come on again soon. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and you can also subscribe to the magazine through our special podcast offer, which is on www.spectators.co.uk forward slash pod offer. And we'll even throw in a Spectator Moleskin notebook for people who take up that offer. <laughs>